thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the sensational legend, co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the rock star, Damien Christoph. Hello there, Damo. Oh, Marcus. Very good. <laughs> so, uh, every time you introduce me, I get so excited. I get excited that it's going to be me on this radio show. Oh, oh amazing. You do such- oh, I, one day, you've got to let me introduce you. You can do that, but I got to say, I love your enthusiasm, Damo. But this is a bit of a corny dad joke. I want to know: Is it because you are on a sugar high? <laughs> no, you won't catch me on a sugar high. I tend to get sugar lows, so you won't get me on a sugar high. Next dad joke: Is it because you're on a gluten high? Ah, uh, gluten—it's a bit toxic, isn't it? Gluten, gluten can mess with your brain, mark up your chemicals. Let me tell you. Can you but- get high on gluten? Um, you get down on gluten. You know, I think you it's get more of a downer, isn't it? Yeah, you get down with it. You yeah. know, so it's, it's one of those very things. That... Heavy, heavy. It's like the opposite end, isn't it? Sugar and gluten. Well, yeah. Sugar's well, a high, gluten's a low. Well, I think you just crash with gluten. You, there's never a high, right? So, but with uh, with regards to um, sugar, you get a high and a, and a low. So you get a bit of both. Yeah. Well, I thought, Damo, we would dedicate today's podcast. This is a bit inspired by the Wellness Summit because I was writing down kind of my summaries on food from the summit. And I think we had four speakers talk about food at the summit. And, you know, I can gather that people might go, oh, well, what am I actually going to do now about food? But I really think there's two things, Damo. If someone ever said, and I have people coming in, and this is kind of sparked up by someone coming into Pure Wisdom the other day and go, what diet should I go on? I was like, you know what? Stuff a diet. There's two things. Sugar, gluten. No one in the world, especially learning this from you at the summit, there's not one person in the world that can healthfully benefit from gluten and there is not one person in the world especially learning this from david gillespie who can healthfully benefit from processed white sugar true that is true uh, and this is this is the both of those points are so important for everybody everybody listening to this and everybody who's not listening to this that one day they will listen to this um, we're saying this in 2013 uh, and we've known this for probably at least three years about gluten um, that there's not one person on the planet that benefits from gluten-containing grains. Not one person. Um, and we can truthfully, hand on heart, say that despite all of the dietitians and nutritionists and everybody else around, all of the grain growers, all those people saying, you've got to eat gluten-containing grains, otherwise you're going to die. Well, I can tell you right now, hand on heart, that is not the truth. It is absolutely a lie. It's a fallacy. It is a non-truth. It's a nonsense. It's not the case. Every person on the planet contained has in their dna something called zonulin and zonulin in the presence of gluten secretes something called zonulin and when you get zonulin in your gut you you will actually loosen the tight junctions in your gut which will cause leaky gut now the problem with leaky gut is not so much that it becomes leaky because there is a degree of leakiness in the gut at any one point in time all the time anyway it's the degree to which it becomes leaky and then the degree to which you either mal digest or poorly digest some of your proteins that then interact with your immune system and obviously obviously then your nervous system that then drive and play out a number of different scenarios now those scenarios could be anything from one of 200 different 
different autoimmune diseases to something really simple like a bit of bloating or even to something that's very serious called depression. Uh, all of these can be driven by this leaky gut phenomenon which is caused by the zonulin gene and it's exclusive. Like, Congratulations human beings, it's exclusive to human beings where the only only animal on the planet that has zonulin and we all respond negatively to gluten. I'm saying that categorically, that, that, that's the case. So that is, but that is surely an intelligent setup by the body to protect us or I suppose give us warnings that when we do take in gluten, things don't go so well for us. So we realize that that's not the case and then we will go, okay, I am not benefiting from eating gluten so my body's told me that so I'm going to stop eating gluten. Well, that would be, that, that would be, a great way to look at it, MP. But you know what? There's actually poisons. There's toxins that actually knock out the body. And I'm not saying that gluten is a poison or a toxin that will knock out the body, but it does create change within the body that's not necessarily good for you, right? So, and there have been many people throughout the years and the generations and the millennia that have actually survived eating gluten. And they've survived, you know, to ripe ages. It could be... Hey, Dexter Kruger. Dexter, Dexter. 100, Dexter. 100 plus, right? But what we're seeing now is that because of the change in the crop and the amount of gluten that we're getting access to, it's just too much. And so I'm not saying you've got to be 100% gluten free although I'd love it if people were, I'm saying that you need to decrease the amount of gluten that you take into your body because the, the more bombardment that you place in your gastrointestinal system with gluten, the bigger the challenges are from a health and well-being and ageing point of view. Now, Damo, hmm? I had someone come in today. She was probably in her 40s or 50s. She was talking about her husband who is now at the age of, let's say, 50, beginning to realize that when his wife makes him a bowl of pasta for dinner and he eats it and he finishes it, he's now realizing that he doesn't feel that well after he's finished it. Yes. But And I said to this lady, I said, I, I view gluten and, and any other toxin as like rubbish in the bin. When people are young, their rubbish bin is empty. And yes. over time, they're putting more and more gluten in this case in the bin mm-hmm. to a point where that bin begins to overflow and people go, you know what, I'm throwing the bin out. Yeah. No one goes to throw the, you know, get the bin uh, changed when there's nothing in the bin. Mm-hmm. It's only when the bin is full. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not many people that are in their teens or I know it's growing, not many people that are, say, five that are um, having these mass reactions to gluten. Now, they probably are, but do you know what I mean? It's not a, an epidemic like it is for people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Yes. So is it is it something that people need to be aware of that just because you don't feel it now, and I know Cindy talks about this a lot in her own personal experience, but just because you don't feel it now doesn't mean that nothing's happening, but you just don't want to wait necessarily for it to start giving you more more louder, more urgent signals. Wow, that's such a good question. Let me just say this, MP, that your nervous system is very, very powerful and it tells you things all the time, every second, every moment. The fact that you're sitting on your bum should, in fact, be continuously painful. Um, but but <laughs> your body's actually worked out that you're just sitting. It's okay. Here's the thing. The amount of signal that actually goes from your backside to the brain is exactly the same of signal, amount of signal that goes from a stab wound to your gut to your brain. It's just say that, that, say that again. Say that again. All right. The amount of signal that goes from your backside while you're sitting down to your brain is the same amount of signal that would go from a stab wound to your gastrointestinal system if you got stabbed. It's the same thing. It's just that it's an abnormal response. response. Like yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like not what you would expect, and so the amount of, the signal then is interpreted as something that's different. Now. Only 10% of your total immune system, sorry, total nervous system is actually telling your body or telling your brain that there's something called proprioception going on, that 
needs to be addressed. Now, if it's a large amount of proprioception, we might interpret that as pain. A consistent low-grade pressure or same amount of proprioception by sitting on your butt um, might not signal to your brain that there's pain unless you've got a heightened activity of the nervous system, but that's only 10% of your nervous system. The reason why I say this is because there's a whole lot of things that go on inside the body that most of us, all of us, are unaware of because it's autonomic, it's part of, it's automatic. 90% of your, your nervous system actually is is doing things in your body, communicating with organs in your body that you have no idea how it's doing it and you don't even have to learn it. So, and so Dame, are you, are you saying, sorry, yeah, can I interrupt? Or do you yeah, well, I was just going to yeah. say the point being that there there will be and there could, there could be and there will be things going inside your body that you're totally unaware of. So if you're ignoring some symbol symbols or, or some signs like flatulence or gastrointestinal bloating or some you know dysfunctional bowel movements or some burping and some heartburn, if you're ignoring those sorts of signals, then your body's just going to turn down that amount of noise going to your brain and so you'll just ignore it. But it's actually telling you, hey, there's a problem. You've got to do something about it. Otherwise, we're going to break down. You're just ignoring it, right? So there's stuff going on inside your body that you may not be aware of you just got to listen to some of the information to, to, to correct it okay so can you just repeat the warning signs for people because i think this is a couple of things like again if people are listening to this and they're in their 20s 30s 40s 50s they might not actually think that they have a problem so do you want to say first of all what are the warning signals and then i just want to clarify what the glutinous grains are because I know gluten's a buzzword but I still have a belief that not everyone knows exactly what to avoid. Absolutely, MP. So there will be simple little things like a little bit of gastrointestinal bloating. You might find a little bit of dysfunction happening with your gastrointestinal system from a poo's point of view. Like your yeah, number, let's, let, let's dumb this down. You, you go to the toilet and it's just not quite right. It's NQR, NQR. It might be a little bit too sticky or it might be a little bit too dry. So it's just not right. You know, when it sticks to the side of the bowl, you need a whole <laughs> lot more paper, you know. So I'm talking about that. We might have not, not, not just... Well, that's gluten, isn't it? Glue, gluten, glue, sticky. Glue. This is it. And so many people can't actually digest all that gluten that's in their diet and they get really sticky colon like it's not stinky well it could be stinky but I'm just saying like it's sticky right it's people who are driving right now got to pull over because <laughs> they're either going to vomit or they're laughing so I'm okay with that but um, the, the, so you've got the bit of bloating you've got a bit of dysfunction in the gut so the, there's that you might have a bit of flatulence that's a bit of a pop-off you know and if you if you happen to have a bit of a pop-off too frequently that's uh, that's not good because you only should have a little bit of gas not a heap of gas you know if you're full of gas if you're the gas man it's not it's not that cool it's not ideal now the other thing is that too sometimes people will get a bit of heartburn from eating those sorts of robust carby meals from grains that contain gluten and uh, it's very important to be mindful um, of your response to these particular meals. So you might actually get some heartburn, maybe some indigestion, reflux. Um, and these here again are signs and symptoms that your gastrointestinal system is not doing too well. You need to look at the insults and keep in mind that 80% of your internal insult comes from food. So you've got to work out what are the foods that you're putting into your body that could be creating insult on your body. So look at the themes, look at what you're eating the most of and just mm. be careful of it. Okay. All right. So then, great work, Damo. Let's clarify for people the five glutinous grains to avoid at all times. Marcus, there are only five grains. You're correct again. Uh, there's five of them. There's wheat. Everyone knows about it. It's everywhere. It's, uh, it's ingrained in our lifestyle, so to speak. There's rye. There's barley. There's oats. And there's spelt. There's those five grains all contain gluten. 
and uh, and and look, there are strains or genetically modified genetic modifications that now have um, gluten-free oats, but I'm not cool with GM. I'm yeah, tell you. No. I'm not. So I'm not hold on, is that are you are you legit? They have genetically modified oats to make them gluten-free. Yes. And yeah. they're promoted as 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 GMO oats, gluten free. No, just not GMO. They're just gluten free oats, and they often they're called American oats. Oh. So people go, oh, I can get oats from America. There's not going to be any gluten in it. Well, it's, it's because it's been it's, adulterated. It's GMO. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, don't get sucked in. Don't get. No, sucked I in. would never. I would never. I but would people never. would. People. People are. They are all the time. You know, the amount of people that I see on a daily basis that say, oh, I love having porridge for breakfast. I have my gluten free oats. I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's you know we're not even feeding that stuff to rats anymore because it kills too many rats. So you just gotta be careful of uh, of GMO stuff. All right, Damo. People are hearing this going. Holy moly! What am I going to eat? What do you replace glutinous grains with if you still want to have uh, some kind of grain? I'm firstly thinking rice. Yes, rice is great. Now some people have concerns about rice because there is a level of arsenic in rice, and there's an organic form of arsenic that's found in rice, and there's also the inorganic forms of arsenic that can be found in rice. That's because the the way the rice grows is with a lot of water and arsenic's a water-soluble... Um, there's arsenic in the body, isn't there, Damo? There's arsenic in the body. Arsenic there's in there? arsenic, yeah. All of us are a little bit toxic and it's not really that bad. It's just that it's there. So just be mindful that um, centuries, millennia, people have been eating rice and lived on it as a staple food and they haven't died from arsenic poisoning. It's so there. what you're saying is relax. It's okay. Chill out. Chillax a little bit. It's um, Okay. Same with gluten. You know, look, it's, it's in, gluten is there. You don't need to stress out too much about it unless you've got a, an autoimmune disease um, or you're putting on weight or you're bloated or you've got all these signs and symptoms. Or You know, the, if, if you've got signs and symptoms, then you'd avoid gluten altogether. Otherwise, if you come into a little exposure of a little bit of gluten, then that's probably going to be okay. But just listen to the way in which your body responds. Same deal with rice. Like, if you're going to eat rice all the time, you might find yourself in a little bit of trouble. It might not be too good. <laughs> uh, but there's other things. You got, you know, the lentil, the lentil family. Um, you've got buckwheat. You know, that's that's beautiful. What a great, what a great little grain. Love a bit um, of buckwheat. I love it. That's it's great. And then you've got millet, and you've got quinoa, and you've got amaranth. Um, they're great, you know, and they're everywhere. You can get these little grains and you can have them as part of your breakfast if you want. You can make breads out of them. They're yep. just, you know, gorgeous if that's what you want to eat. So nothing wrong with that. There's a little bit of uh, nutrient in there. There's protein. You get some carbohydrates. You get lots of vitamins, all that sort of thing. There are people out there that are saying that grains contain anti-nutrients, anti-nutrients, and they're called phytates. Um, and to some extent, that's true. Um, what we would suggest is that you don't have a diet that's 100% grain-based, that you have a little bit of grain in your diet if you want it. Um, and I eat grain in my diet. I'm not afraid to eat grain. In fact, I've been eating some black rice with my lunch. I love a bit of black yes. rice. Um, and this morning, I had my forage bircher, you know, that's just got some brown rice in it. I'll tell you what, I'm not dying because I had some brown <laughs> rice right now. So <laughs> I'm just going to say that you're not going to... My gonna... personal favourite, Damo. I know people are banging on how cool your paleo mix is, but I still stay loyal to the bircher. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh, look, I love the paleo. I do. But I do enjoy that soaked, you know, I love that soaked, soggy mm. sort of... I love it. So, you know, here we go. So we're saying we've got those five grains. It's okay to have grain, or five grains that are glutinous. Stay away from those. Select some other grains. Buckwheat, rice, millet, yep. amaranth, quinoa. There's another five that you could actually just swap over just like that. How, how beautiful is a quinoa salad, by the way? Quinoa is my staple. I love the stuff. Love it. Bit of oil, bit of salt, bit of what I call cashew parmesan sprinkle. Ooh. And uh, that's cashews and garlic and salt in a, in a food processor or yeah. thermo. 
Yeah. And uh, it's delicious. But um, all right, Damo, I want to ask you, do we yes. have time for this? Do we have time for sugar or should we leave that to another episode? Well, let's just talk about sugar because I think it's important. You know, I'd hate to leave the listeners wanting more and not and have to wait a whole seven days to hear, you know, the, the, the news on sugar, the down, the down low on sugar. People were amazed by David Gillespie's talk. He did it without slides, just got up on stage, shared his story and shared some bare facts and yep. they were like, wow. Yeah. That's it. And look, David is, uh, you know, he's become a bit of an expert on the topic of, uh, of sugar and primarily because his experience with sugar has been so dramatic and so drastic, so, so profound. I remember watching him as he was launching his book. He still hadn't lost all of his weight yet. Um, he was still losing weight and he said, you know, this is the book I'm writing and um, they interviewed him on New Zealand television and all that sort of stuff. This is when I was living in New Zealand, not Australia. And, uh, and it was profound. I'm going, oh, that's cool. Yep, good on you. You're a lawyer. Go for gold. Go and research it. Research it well and do us, do us proud. And he did. So good on you, David. Thank you so much for doing that. The key, the key thing to understand is that the further away from natural that your sugar is, the harder it is for your body to actually deal with effectively and appropriately. So the point being that if you were just to suck on some cane sugar, juice, like if you just drank a bit of juice from the cane sugar um, plant, the, the sugar cane, you wouldn't you wouldn't be in bad shape. Like it would be okay. I, have you had that? I've had that up in Queensland before at a market. I was amazed at how sweet it was. It's sweet. It's, I think when you go close to the source, you just forget how sweet that's it. That's it is. It. Yeah. Now to make that go a long way, that's obviously dried and processed and ground down and you know, it goes through a, a very, very significant process by which all of the nutrients that were otherwise inside the juice of the plant have actually been removed. It's all gone. See you later, cheerio. And all of this like white powdery sort of substance that's highly processed, very, very um, available to the bloodstream, um, and and potentially very toxic to the brain, particularly for those people who are carrying a little bit of extra weight or have got cholesterol diseases or heart disease, you know, cholesterol problems. Um, they don't utilize sugar very well. They don't use sugar effectively at all. And uh, and so processed sugar is a problem. So Cindy, Omira and myself recommend the use of Rapadura sugar as your choice of sugar if you're going to use sugar as a sweetener. You can go the extreme step demo. Yes. And actually remove all white sugar and... Can you just confirm or deny that brown sugar can actually be dyed brown? Ooh, in other words, using a caramel colour. Oh, look, I reckon that they wouldn't even worry about it, to be honest with you. There's so much sugar on the planet, they wouldn't even need to dye it. But, you know, you can definitely colour sugar, and you're just going to look at hundreds of thousands, for example. You know, <laughs> there it is. Case in point. So it doesn't, um, doesn't take much. But you, what you're saying is people would be safe if they actually went and removed all white sugar probably say that to the booby for the booby boomers the baby boomers <laughs> the baby boomers who you know my mum just loves white she yeah. just loves everything white and I think it was just the generation that I grew up in when white was a sign of cleanliness you know yeah. look I and love brown, white plates brown is a sign cheese. of murkiness yes. so now you know but now we're going back to brown everything's brown yep. uh, brown rice brown bread brown sugar you know rapidura is brown Brown. But what we're saying is you can actually go and remove all the white stuff mm. out of the house and we'll actually be okay. When In fact, not only will we be okay, we'll actually be better off for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, here's the thing. Um, white plates, white sheets is nice. White towels, beautiful. Um, but anything that's processed to the point that it becomes white from being another colour means that it's gone through a massive process, whether it be just uh, the heating process, which does destroy a lot of nutrients, or whether it's a bleaching process, which is what they do with flour. They grind down wheat and then they bleach it. Um, when you do those sorts of things, you, you are messing with the body. And you've got to be mindful that when you mess with nature, nature comes out on top. Just got to take, for example, what happens in the planet. You know, we're, 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 having, we're experiencing a lot of change on the planet at the moment and people are, are noticing that uh, Mother Nature is not too happy with us. So we, we need to be mindful that nature will always come out on top. And if we don't live by the rules of nature, the laws of nature, in other words, eat good food, exercise, maintain good mindset, our bodies will collapse on us. Now, Damo, we said earlier about some of the symptoms associated with gluten, but from your experience... People might be going, well, you know, I'll have sugar here, I'll have a coffee, have a tea, you know, have a sugar in my tea mm-hmm. and, you know, sugar in, you know, my cereal or whatever. Yep. But they actually feel fine. What would you say are the symptoms of people that would say they feel fine, but they actually are experiencing some kind of symptoms associated with excess processed sugar? Well, there's a number of different symptoms that people can experience when they're responding poorly to sugar. One can be fatigue after meals. You know, and that's a weird thing because you shouldn't be tired after you've just fueled up. You should be feeling amazing. You should be feeling really, really good. The other thing that can happen is too that people will crave sugary foods. And if you're craving sugary foods, generally you're not using them very well. So either you've got too much sugar in your bloodstream at any one point in time and then now you're having a crash, or your sugar's staying for too long in your bloodstream because you can't actually get rid of it. So you need to be, you know, a little bit introspective about how your body responds to sugar. The other thing is that uh, if you feel that foods aren't sweet enough, yet they are actually sweet, then you've probably got your taste buds used to the processed sugars as opposed to the natural sugars. So be mindful that if you're having to sweeten things, it's the same with salt. You know, If you've got to salt things all the time and add a bit of extra seasoning to things to, for it to taste any good, it's highly likely that you've trained your, your palate to pick up stronger flavors as opposed to the subtleness of the, uh, the natural flavors. Um, and you need to you know, go back to nature. You might need to do a bit of a detox and just get yourself off the processed stuff and back into the raw natural stuff. Yeah, wow. Man, there's so much to take in there, isn't there? Um, is there is, a lot of people, do you have a preference? If someone said, okay, Damo, I've loved everything you've said about gluten, I've loved everything you've said about sugar, but I'm only going to change one thing at a time. Mm. Do you have a preference, or not a preference, from from your learning, Do you would you say, okay, take gluten out first or take sugar out first? I would I would take out of your diet the one thing you eat the most of. That's what I yeah, would do. So if you have more gluten take and a lot of things that have gluten have hidden sugar in them, don't they? You know, so yeah. like your breads. Breads. Um biscuits and, yeah. and cakes. Uh, cakes. Yeah. Um I, I suppose the other thing to think is as you're saying all of this, I'm like people might be going, Well, you know, what does this have to do with aging well? Everything it really has everything to do with putting quality into the quantity of life. I was just reading something earlier about um, anti-aging and, and I just Googled it and you know I got 62.5 million um, results on Google on anti-aging oh, that's and anti-aging is now being re-termed as life extension mm-hmm. um, but what? why would you want life extension if you've got a crappy quality of life? <laughs> Who wants quantity when you have no quality? No yeah. one does. Oh, that's it. You want quality. Quality is the way. You know, uh, quantity is nice and we have been you know led to believe that quality oh, sorry quantity is awesome you know if you can make 100 runs you've done better but if you had a quality knock 
you know, you've made 50 and contributed to the team, then I reckon that's actually better. Quality is crucial, and there's nothing worse I could imagine. Um, getting older and having some kind of disability or inability to uh, get out there and enjoy life. And that's it. And that's what I, I just want people to recognize that you might be 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Chances are, based in the world we live in these days, it's going to be pretty easy to get to 80, 90 or 100. Yep. Um, there's plenty of ways to keep people alive these days, but the choices that we make on a daily basis are all about quality. So sugar and gluten are two of the big ones. Damo, thank you so much for your wisdom. I just love picking your brain on this stuff and I'm sure people have really appreciated you sharing it. Love sharing. Love sharing. Damo, we're all out on this edition of 100 Not Out. But remember, folks, as always, we love hearing your feedback. There are a number of ways to do it, but we think the best way is to go to the website at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Also, remember, if you've liked this episode, then it's a good idea to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you've really liked it, give us five stars. And remember all of the other shows on thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of podcasts, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your your life the best of your life this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Hi, Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out here. Wow, what a wellness summit we had in Melbourne. 600 people filled the Crown Conference Centre to listen to Cindy O'Meara and her Up For A Chat colleagues, David Gillespie, Ron Ehrlich, Nicole Bilgema and the Wellness Guys, of course. And guess what? We recorded every single minute of it. That's right. You can see nine world-class speakers with over seven hours of footage in the comfort of your own home. How cool is that? The best news is, until midnight Saturday the 7th, September 2013, this pack is just $147. Then it'll go to $197. So to pre-order your Wellness Summit Home Study Program for just $147, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.